the Missional Life Podcast, inspiring kingdom-minded believers around the world to live the mission of God in their lives. All right, welcome back to Missional Life Podcast. Today we have Dr. Nancy Meyer on the show. Dr. Nancy Meyer is a licensed chiropractic physician, keynote speaker, author, and courage coach. She is here today to talk about her new book called Defying Fear. Dr. Nancy, welcome to the show. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Wow, Appreciate that's, it. That's a lot. So can you just kind of tell us a bit about your background as a licensed chiropractic physician and how you transitioned into courage coaching and writing? Yes. Well, I was a chiropractor and then about a year ago, I retired in last July, um, last year. And God told me back in 2004 that I was going to write a book, speak, and wear leather pants. So that was, you know, 2004. So 18 years later, I finally got my book, but I did get the leather pants right away. I went to a women's conference and all of them were wearing leather pants. So I think it was easy to do. So I wrote my book and it took, you know, 18 years later. And a lot of times um, we think we're all mad because we don't do something that we want to accomplish. But God had the plan for me to do that, but it hadn't, my story had not been revealed to me. So I understood when I wrote my book that he wanted me to do that now versus then. So sometimes we just got to be patient with that. Um, but anyway, I love my patients and I miss them, but God told me you need to concentrate on writing your book and uh, speaking. And so that's when I retired. So I could focus more of my energy on that and be more versus one-on-one, be more, you know, reach more people. Wow. You said 18 years, God told me. Uh-huh. And, you know, so many, so many times we think like on Mission Life or when you hear something from God, we think he told me that. So it's going to happen, right. you know, next week, next month, next, you know, next right. year, but 18 years. And so there's just, you know, there's such a, a common theme really among people who are trying to hear and be obedient to God. It's like, he told me this, but it took some time to manifest, right? But at the same time, you just kept on pushing through that. What were some of the challenges that you had to push through in order to kind of go from hearing God to seeing it manifest in your life? Well, the big thing is, is that God's preparing us to whatever task he wants. And so we think we might be ready, but we're not. And he has prepared our heart, help us heal so that we can share our story to be able to be strong enough to do that. And I think that was probably the big thing I I wasn't ready to do it then emotionally. Um, and now, you know, now I'm able to. And I think that's, I was really mad. I was mad at myself. I was like, you know, I didn't do this. I didn't do this. And then I realized that God not only wanted me to do that, but he also had the story of like my half Ironman and stuff. And he wanted that to be part of the story too. Um, so it's amazing what you think. And then what God's plans are so much better than ours. Can you tell us a little bit more? Can you take us a little bit deeper? Like what did inspire you? to write this new book called Defying Fear? What were some of the kind of things that you had to walk through potentially and maybe even some of the experiences that have kind of helped shape that? Can you talk a little bit about that? Well, so I knew I wanted to write it, but then as I was writing it, I thought my story would end when I got my kids back, when they came back. I thought that my story ended. But then God showed me that no, I have so much more for you to do. So we limit ourselves and we think, oh, this is just our little white picket fence, you know, 2.5 kids. This is it. Right? But he, his plans are so much more. And so I, um, you know, pursued the, the different things that he, I guess, put on my heart to do. But I never knew that was going to be part of my story. Um, with Defying Fear, 
even writing it, when I was writing the book, it came out. Like, I didn't know for sure what I was going to title it, but it just came out. Man, it's defying fear. It's from going from fear to faith and going from finding my true self-value, which is unshakable self-worth through Christ. And I just never, I never realized it until, like I said, really writing the book and I really realized it and saw that and then saw myself in what I've learned and transitioned from it. The character is Lila Frost, right? <laughs> yes. The main character. Um, yeah. Tell us a little bit about her and, you know, is there a little bit of, her, is there a little bit of you in, in Lila or is there a little bit of, of other people? Can you tell us what was your main thrust for writing about Lila Frost? Well, I like the name. <laughs> yeah, it is cool. <laughs> but, but, um, so it's a fictional story, but it's based on all true women's stories and it's to inspire people to defy fear in their own lives by embracing their true value. And I do that through a spiritual, emotional, and physical practices. Um, the the thing is, is with I did it in the near, you know, the storytelling versus because nobody wants to be told something or you need to do this or you need to do that. Nobody wants to be told that. So you actually go along the journey with Lila and you feel the same emotion she does and experiences. And so, like, if you've been through something, whatever you've been through, when you read it, you feel that, too. Um, so if you had certain abusive relationships or um, felt not valued, different stuff like that, you'll find those same things when you read the book and it tells it a story. So it draws you like Jesus. He told stories all the time, parables. And so in those parables, he didn't like yell at you and tell you what to do and all that stuff. He helped you learn and go through the journey with him. And that's the same thing with Lila and the, the main character. What are some of the people, things that really hold people back? What kind of fears do you, you encounter when you do the courage counseling and, and help encourage people to push past the thing that they are being held back by? What are some of those biggest fears that you encounter? I think the you know biggest thing is um, it, it, everybody's different. Everybody has a different thing. But it's perspective is one thing, um, how you view things. So, and also the biggest part, I think, is people don't value themselves. And so they limit themselves. They limit their abilities, not just them, but what God wants to do for them. And so you have this dream on your heart, like you guys did your podcast, right? Well, I'm sure it was like, what? No. And people are like, you can't do that. What's wrong with you? You can't husband and wife working together. Are you crazy? You know, but you, you follow God's dream for you. And then the things work out with it. And I think it's overcoming those negative self-talk from yourself. I think it's abusive relationships, but also the abusiveness that you do for yourself, that you're telling yourself, you can't do this. Um, that's one of the things I learned through my training is to not quit and to keep going and not listen to those doubts and negativity that we tell ourselves as much as anybody else telling us. You talked earlier about how you kind of develop on the spiritual, the emotional, and the physical practices, and those things kind of help contribute to the process. Can you go a little bit deeper on that? So I believe that we really can't successfully do anything without Christ. Um, you won't be happy. You can maybe do something, but you truly won't be happy because you can win whatever, accomplish whatever, but unless you have that peace inside of him, you won't be happy. And um, spiritually in my book, so as I tell, tell a story, at the end, I have like a summary, you know, my thoughts, friends, and then like a Bible verse. And I know I lean into those because that helps me get through 
my different fears and anxiety that I have. And then physical practices is putting actions to your words. So that is actually looking at reading the Bible, memorizing Bible verses, having it on your heart. So then when you're struggling and going through and you're like, I can't do this, then you say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And so then you keep going and you keep pushing and you finish whatever task it is. And that's just, like I said, putting the, the actions with the words. And so physically doing that. And then mentally, it's preparing you too. They're so close. It just goes in trying with it. So like mentally, if you're trying hard, uh, that having that emotional state where you feel peace and calmness. And for me, it's, like I said, with Jesus. So when I stress or worry, I do the Bible verse, Philippians uh, 4, 6 through 7, where, you know, don't worry, pray. I mean, it's pretty simple. Don't worry, pray. And take those verses, put them on a mirror or wherever it is that you'll remember and see it. And then the next step, too, because people say that. But the biggest thing, too, is if you are thankful, then that thankfulness comes in your heart. And you can't have fear. You just feel peace because you can't be thankful and also afraid at the same time, which, I mean, it's so cool. I always like with God, everything that seems one way is opposite. Like if I love God, I treat you guys better. You know, you love God, you treat your spouse better. You know, if I was God, it'd be like, treat me good, forget everybody else, right? But it's cool because he makes everything better with it. And so that's why with that, with the book, it's a matter of showing those different practices, like affirmations, and I believe the biblical affirmations for, for me, and then reading the Bible verses, and then putting your actions into your activities. Like you guys do, stand up paddleboard, right? I mean, to me, that's a spiritual uplifting moment to be out there on the water, trusting that the paddleboard's going to hold you up and that when you stroke, you'll be able to get back. But it's just relying on God at the same time while enjoying nature. I love what you said about putting Bible verses around because it's so easy to go through life and we have these fears. We all have that negative chatter in our mind. But when we are able to focus and we're able to see God's word and focus on it and we meditate on it, that's what Psalms 1 tells us. Like, this is my word, meditate on it day and night, and that's when you'll see success. And I love how you took that word of God and you applied that into your life. You meditated on it. You put it always before your eyes. And a lot of those things began to become true for you. Things became you know, rooted and they bore fruit in your life. And I think that's so important for all of us to take God's word and take God at his word and to apply those things. And that's when we'll start to see those things to begin to change in our own lives. Say, I actually had six ulcers at one time. And the queen of stress, right here. You know, I'm the winner. And like I said, six ulcers, one was size of a quarter ready to bleed. I was a freshman in undergrad. So doctors thought, she's an alcoholic, but I, I never drank. But just the stress, anxiety, I was trying to be perfect, which I know it's hard to believe I wasn't, right? But, you know, only Jesus was perfect. And guess what happened? He got crucified, right? But I had to learn to manage my stress with that. And that's exercise is a big thing with that too. And also, like you said, getting those Bible verses and remembering them and quoting them and just relying on him and managing it that way. Right. Like the scripture says, you know, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And, you know, I it's, struggled with those perfectionist tendencies myself. And it's like when you try to do it mm -hmm. on your own and you're trying to figure things out, and relying on yourself, it it's very easy to become tied up in that. And, you know, like you said, again, putting scriptures out right. there, thinking on them, realizing that God will work through all things. 
and relying on his infinite wisdom, you know, rather than being fearful of, oh my gosh, what if I don't get this? What if I mess up? What if, what if, what if? And we can get in such a derailment with those what ifs that the fear can almost just become such a blockade. And so just, again, relying on Christ on a daily basis, getting in his word and like you said, exercising and all those things, you know, it's just so helpful. So important. So in your in your book, Defying Fear, Isla Frost, for her, faith and support from friends play a significant role in her transformation. How can kingdom-minded believers draw on those elements and overcome challenges in their own lives? I think a big, 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 big key is make sure you hang around with people with like you know, beliefs, morals, and good attitudes, because people that don't have a good attitude can bring you down so easily. I mean, so easily. I mean, I'm sure you've seen that. Like, oh, you can't do the stand-up paddleboard. Well, don't hang around them because I can do it. I've done it already. But yet to have people that um, will bring you up too. And I think God puts people in your life. I believe he, he comes full circle and when you have something that you're going through, I know when I was going through my different things, if I thought of someone that I need to talk to within three days, even now it still happens, I will run into that person and see them and talk to them. But God, if you pray for God, you know, he cares about what every hair on your head, right? He cares about everything. Pray about friends and reach out and try to find, because it's so important. I think COVID just totally run that as far as having that friendship and people talking but reach out be a friend so you can have a friend and then make sure that they're positive if they don't believe in you and believe that you can do stuff like i had friends have been telling me for years you can write this book you're it's good um if people said no you can't do it then i'm like okay i still love them but that doesn't gonna you know i'm gonna hang out with them um i know i see that in my practice i see people that don't want to get better even though we're, they were getting better, they didn't want to. So, you, you know, like I said, hang around positive people. And sometimes, you know, family can be a hard one. Jesus saw that with his family as far as supporting you. But you find people that support you and you love them all, but hang out with the ones that support you and let them help encourage you when you need it. And then you encourage them the same thing too. And also, I believe, give hugs. We don't give hugs anymore. You give as much as you get. I know it was a year after COVID started and you know, I was in Bible study and one of my friends in the Bible study, she was young, 30s, and she was like, you ever hug? I give all them a hug and I'm breaking the rules. And uh, she said, that is, that's the first hug I had in a year. We shouldn't be waiting like that. We should be loving everybody. Gosh, wow. It's amazing how something so simple as a hug, there's this fear-inducing thing that comes into our lives like COVID did. And all of a sudden we're told, don't get around people, don't touch anyone, like maintain your distance, all those things. And yet there is science that proves that hugs are actually good for people. Like it does boost good things in our body. It is good for our systems to be. For the receiver and the, you know, giver, you know, exactly. and uh, it is, it's it's, like, which is, that's how God works, right? Like both Mm -hmm. things. It's like, not only if you do what God wants, you benefit and the other person does too. I know I've been running before and God will say, you need to speak to that person. You'll sit on the bench. And I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm busy. I'm in the middle of the run. I don't, I don't want to. Like, I got my thing to do, God, you know? And he's like, go talk to them. I'm like, okay. And then I'm like, all right. You know, and I go back. I'm like, hey, you know, 
this one guy I said, God wanted me to tell you that he loves you and he wanted me to give you a hug. And I did. And she just started bawling. I don't know what she was going through, but she needed that. And I think we have, like, you think of somebody and it's hard, but, you know, write down whatever, text them, tell them. Because I think God's telling us, hey, reach out to them. You, I want you to reach out and give them support. I think that happens a lot. But just think if we all did that, if we all did just a little bit of that, how different everything would be and how people would feel loved and supported. I mean, that's, and then, like, if you see a stranger, Tell them. I mean, I say hi to everybody. I mean, like, everybody. During my races, I'm like, okay. People are like, okay, I'm going to try to make sure I say hi to 10 people during the race. And I'm like, okay, I don't have to say hi to every single person. <laughs> it is, it's bad. I, I probably say hi. When I run, like, I was running. I, I was like, I don't see how many. It was like 70 people in an hour and a half. But I just love, I love people. That's amazing because, you know, we think, oh, running, like, how do you even have breath to say hi to that many yeah. people? And then my coach is like, you're not running hard enough if you're talking. But I was like, well, I get it. And so I try not. Yeah. I'm like, can't talk too much because then she'll tell me I have to run faster. <laughs> you had a couple really amazing points there and just wanted to kind of circle back about friends. Right. And I've heard it said that you're the sum of the five people you spend the most time with. Right. And so many people say that you want to see what your future is, look at your friends. And let's just look at this negatively. If you're around negative people, like you're really going to probably turn more into a, a negative person. If you're around positive people, you're going to be, become more positive. If you're around you know, God-loving people, you're going to become more God-loving. We push and pull each other towards those things that draw us together. Well, I, I want to say, if I could say something. Yeah, let's go. As far as friends, you know, in life, people, we have acquaintances, but we really don't have a lot of friends. Friends are ones that you can say, I'm, I'm struggling. I'm having a hard time. Mm. Your help. Yeah. You pray for me. And then they go, the, and, and friends be there when you're having a hard time, but true friends will be there when you're having a good time, when something's going well for you. Because true friends will be happy for you when you're successful. That is hard to find. Because a lot of people, they want you support you when you're going through hard times, but to support you when things are going well, that that's a true friend. Um, and another thing I said, I always said, like biking. If you want to be a better cyclist, ride with people that are better than you. But if you want to feel good about yourself, ride with people that aren't as good as you. But in life, if you ride, hang out with people better than you, say, then you'll improve. Otherwise, it's so easy to be brought down. So important. Wow. For the listener that's going through stuff we'll just call it stuff going through challenges they have fear pushing on them they have situations in their life that are just kind of oppressing them what are some action steps what are some things that they can begin to do in their own life to break free from fear i think one of the biggest things is being honest mm. i mean just simply being honest not just the people but with yourself first and then with god um when in my story lila talks about there was an incident that in there where she was embarrassed and shamed and guilt and didn't know what to do. Well, then she prayed about it and then felt God tell her the truth. Once she did that, she felt freedom and relief and peace. Because if you tell the truth to God, people can't hold that against you. Because you just tell the truth. And you that rids of all the shame. Because Satan likes to hold you down. 
and make you feel guilty and not tell the truth, hide it versus just share with it and tell, you know, end up probably helping somebody else with it too, but just tell the truth, which is Bible verse, tell the truth and the truth will set you free, literally. And I think that's one of the biggest things with fear. We're not honest with ourselves, what we're feeling, and we won't tell other people. Um, but everybody has some fear and anxiety. Everybody does. But for for me, I like to face it. I mean, every time I go running or cycling, swimming, I, it scares me. But that's why I do it, because I want to face that and conquer that. And I encourage everybody to face that. You know, do it something safe. I mean, I've jumped out of an airplane. That was my... First date with my husband, now jumping out of an airplane. You don't have to necessarily do that, but do something that is safe. Go for a bike ride or a run, something that you wouldn't normally do or hike, but, but push yourself to face that and then feel God's presence in helping you do that. Thinking about the Bible verse where it says, you know, those who worship me will worship me in spirit and in truth. And one of the interpretations and one of the kind of translations of that uh, is will worship me without a mask. Basically, it's being honest with God. You know, those who worship me will just come before me as they are. And I think we serve a God that really wants us to be transparent and open. And, you know, it's when we start kind of hiding things, trying to pretend like we're hiding things from him, right? And we just, we're, we're not, you know, so we see that in so many times, even like with Jacob, right? Jacob wrestles with an angel at night and it's like, what's your name? What's your name? Basically, who are you? What are you? What's what's going on in your life? And I think so many times God wants to to know what's going on in our life, but we're just we're too afraid, or we're too ashamed, or we have too much fear to go before Him. And you know, in Hebrews it talks about going boldly before the throne of grace. God has so much grace He wants to pour out on His people, but so many times we're just afraid to go to Him because we have that fear. We have a fear of sometimes our own fathers have kind of affected our our view of our spiritual father. But God just desires that intimacy and that friendship and that openness with us. And that really spoke to me how we just need to be honest with ourselves first, and we need to be honest with God and acknowledge where we are and acknowledge that we can't do it by ourselves, but we can do it with, with God. We think we're not worthy, but you think, you know, and we're like, oh yeah, God died for us. But I mean, just think about that. He died for us. Like he died a horrible, brutal death for us, for me, for you. I mean, who does that? You know, nobody does, but he did that for us. And if you don't think that you're worthy or value, think, do you need like your own separate Jesus or was Jesus good enough for you? And he was good enough. He was good enough for everybody. We don't need a separate one. And I think that people just really do not feel like, hey, I'm good enough. I know for me, when I was younger, I thought, you know, I believe God, but I was like, you know, I'm not good enough, but that's okay. I love him enough. I'll go to hell. You know, but then I realized I, I am good enough because he makes me good enough. And if I value myself enough to you know, speak up for myself kindly, but also speak up for yourself and also value yourself to do more than you ever can dream. I mean, I'm telling you, I went from not knowing how to swim to doing half Ironman, 1.2 miles swim. And I had to learn to swim. I mean, you don't do that. When I'm 53, I was 53 years old. I'm 55 now. At 53 to do that. Somebody just told me the other day, they said, you know how good that is to learn to swim in your 50s? I'm like, oh, I didn't know that. Okay, you know. But you have so much. If I can do that, anybody can do anything. Believe me, because I was like, first of all, I don't like cold water. The water's like 60 degrees. I don't care if you got a wetsuit on. It's cold. It's, 
But if I can do it, anybody can. They can do anything. You set your mind to it. God tells you, and you believe, and you just keep trying and persevering, you can do it. It's just don't tell yourself no. Let God lead you. Don't be driven. Be led by him. And you'll be amazed at what you can accomplish. And even with swimming, you know, you probably didn't just jump in the water and swim the whole length right away, right? No, no. You had to face that every day on a daily mm -hmm. basis and keep adding more and adding more and adding more distance until you reach that goal. Exactly. Of, of you know, a mile or, you know, however long you're going for. But, you know, again, it's that daily facing that fear. Because at any point you could have said, no, I've, I've done this five days and I, I don't think I'm going to do this anymore. Right. Like, That's right. But I had, going. Yeah, I had a handful of lessons, and I watched lots of YouTube videos. And uh, the first lesson I had, I was holding the kickboard, and the the gal teaching was like, "Um, you're going backwards." And I was like, "What?" And so she videoed me, and I was literally kicking wrong. I was going backwards, like that's how bad I was. I mean, not even like going forward. I was going backwards. And then this other guy gave me a lesson, and uh, he said, "Um, well, I gave you what I teach to five and seven year olds." He goes, it's truncated. I'm like, well, you know, you got to start somewhere. But you do. You had to start somewhere. I couldn't swim halfway across the pool without being exhausted. But, you know, I can swim, like I said, you know, 84 times is the 1.2 miles. And I still have panic attacks when I swim. And I have to talk myself off the off the ledge with it. But that's why I do it. Like, they're like, which discipline? I'm like, I like the swimming because I'm that's the one that makes me the most afraid. Um, but you feel so good when you get out and you accomplish something. But, you know, swimming, if you stop, you drown. So that's kind of like a big negative there. Uh, but but you, you learn and you trust God and uh, and it really is relying on your faith to get to. And like you said, it's taking those baby steps um, one step at a time. You know, the, whole, the saying, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? That's what I did. I just kept doing and kept trying and trying and trying until I could do it. So good. In the intro described you as a keynote speaker. Can you take us through some of the steps as you step up onto a platform to be a keynote speaker? You probably have to defy fear multiple times. That chatter starts in your head or imposter syndrome may start to kind of creep in a little bit. What are some of the different steps that you personally apply when you're getting ready and all of a sudden like you're either stepping on the, you know, the track or, you know, to, to the race course and all of a sudden, man, I don't know if I can go this distance. I don't know if I can, I don't know if I can make it through this triathlon or I don't know but, if I know, can really part into that. What do you, how do you do that? Well, what do doing, you do? Doing podcasts. Y'all are so scary. No, I'm just teasing. Um, but uh, no, I, for me, I, I pray for God to give me the words that he wants me to share, that he can be praised. And then I also quote Bible verses which is the one you did too about the spirit. And then the one also Deuteronomy 31, six, you know, be strong, be courageous, do not be afraid or terrified because the Lord will be with you always. That helps me. And then I also have to, cause you know, I've had, I had six ulcers, but I also have this condition in my neck. If I get too much tension, it'll make me very hoarse. So if I'd get too nervous, then I'd be like, you know, the whole time and can't, can talk. So, I have to, I have to really rely on him because that's not a good thing to have when you're speaking. But I know it's him doing it and not me. And that's the thing is we have to remember that God uses the imperfect to do His perfect work, and that that's the the beauty of it. I think so. I know that He's going to use me because I am not perfect, and that He'll you know see me through that. But 
You have to. And also, I think, to looking at other people and realizing that you're people are people and you're talking to them and you're just sharing your story and trying to reach them and give them something, encouragement to keep going and hanging in there. As we were talking offline a little bit before this show, we were talking how you had the gift of encouragement and imparting that into people. And so as we kind of wrap up the show, what would you say to impart encouragement into the listener right now? What would you speak to them directly? If you, they were sitting right across from you, what would you say to the listener you know, to encourage them. This has been a, a a season full of, you know, loneliness for a lot of people, a lot of fear. There's just been a, a lot of things for, over the last several years that most of us haven't dealt with before or are dealing with in such a concentrated way in the last few years. What would you say to them to encourage them to keep going? First thing is I like to hear people's stories. I believe that everybody has a story. Everybody. Most people don't realize they do, but they do. Everybody has a story. And I encourage them to look and see where God has helped them, the situation, and why they have the special thing that God wants to use through them. I think that we, like, no, that's not it, but to realize that they have a special story, that they have unshakable worth through Christ. Unshakable. Like, it's there. It, It cannot be changed. It's just whether they rely on it or not, whether they take it up or not. And just to hang in there, even though life seems so hard, if something happens like that day, think about what happened earlier in the day that God was speaking to you through someone else to give you encouragement for that moment. It's there. We don't see it. We don't think about it, but there's something there. But to hang on. And also, sometimes you think, oh, can I do this? Can I hang on anymore? And then the next day there will be a light, something that happens that's worth hanging on and just keep doing it. Um, make sure you talk to somebody and share with somebody, but know that God loves you. I love you. You guys love them and that they're not, not alone and to hopefully realize they're valued, loved, and cherished and that they deserve to be valued, loved, and cherished. Oh, good. Especially that you're not alone. Jesus says so many times, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. God says that so many times. I'm with you. And it's funny because it's it's said so much in the Bible, but so it's said so much because it's so easy for us to begin to believe the lie that we're all alone when we know that our Heavenly Father is with us through all circumstances, that in everything and through everything to the end, that can cause us to defy fear. So tell us, where can people buy your book? How can people connect with you, Dr. Nancy? Yeah, so you can go to my website, drnancymeyer.com, so D-R-N-A-N-C-Y-M-E-Y-E-R.com, and um, you can get my book through there, through links. I'm on Amazon.com. Uh, I'm on everywhere books are sold. Awesome. What a blessing to have you on the show, Dr. Nancy. Thank you so much, and we speak blessing over everything you do. I appreciate that. Thank you. You guys, too. 